Welcome to The Feminine Frequency. I'm your host, Amy Natalie, women's empowerment coach, feminine embodiment guide, and creator of The Feminine Codes. This podcast is designed to awaken your feminine energy, elevate your frequency, and empower your mindset. We cover everything from increasing your confidence, trusting your intuition, deepening intimacy in your relationships, and magnetizing abundance into your life. Each week, you'll receive a new episode filled with feminine wisdom and inspiration to remind you of the magic that already lives inside of you. Ready to dive in? Let's do this, sister. Hello, beautiful soul, and welcome to this guest episode of The Feminine Frequency with my lovely guest, Carissa Johnson, where we talk all things connecting to feminine wisdom through shamanism. And I'm really excited to bring this topic to the podcast because we really haven't talked much about shamanism before and this ancient healing wisdom and practice. And I really loved hearing Carissa's approach and about the journey that she has personally been on to step into her identity as a healer and to bring this work into the forefront of her leadership. We also talked about how shamanism can help us to connect with nature and in doing so, how it really helps us to connect to our own true authentic nature. And lastly, a big part of our conversation is about tapping into rituals as a way of life and bringing ritual into your life to connect more with spirit, with source, with your higher self, with your intuition and how to really do that. So I'm excited for you to learn from Carissa today and would love to introduce her first and then we'll dive into the conversation. All right, so Carissa Johnson is a spiritual leadership advisor, shamanic healer, certified guided energy medicine practitioner, transformational speaker, and executive producer. She helps high-level professionals achieve wholeness and health on all levels by merging ancient wisdom and modern technology. She has a master's degree in clinical psychology, is a trained medium and shamanic healer with over seven years of experience in the field of human behavior, energy healing, leadership coaching, and business consulting. She is passionate about health, leadership, and performance through the lens of merging science and spirituality and works with elite professionals and public figures. So you are in for a treat. Carissa is so multi-talented and brilliant and has so many beautiful, wonderful gifts to offer. And I'm excited for you to receive those today. And before we start the episode, I want to invite you, if you have not done so already, to download a free gift that I've created for you, which is called the Empowered Feminine Morning Ritual. This is a 20-minute audio guide to help you connect with your feminine energy, connect with your body, and to feel empowered as you start your day. So you can get this free audio guide by scrolling down to the link in the show notes and entering your name and email, and you'll get that audio sent directly to you right away. I'm really excited for you to try that ritual and practice. I've had so much amazing feedback from the other women who have listened to it. So after you listen, if you feel inspired to send me a message on Instagram or an email, I would love to hear from you about your experience. All right, my love, enjoy this episode and we'll see you on the other side.
Hello, Carissa. I am so honored and grateful to be here with you today. Mm. Girl, it is feeling warm and yummy already. Thank you so much for having me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, your voice and your wisdom is so powerful. And, you know, reading your words and just seeing how you show up as an embodied leader is really activating for me. So I'm just excited to see what comes through today. I know we've met in person, I think only once in person, but I feel like we have known each other for a really long time and I just really appreciate your presence. Wow. Thank you for that beautiful compliment. I feel the same way about you. So right back at you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Receiving. (laughs) (laughs) So Yeah, there were so many different directions that I wanted to go with our conversation because you're so multidimensional and we're so multidimensional, (laughs) but I really felt inspired when we were sitting together in circle, I believe, was it on like a Lionsgate circle? I can't even remember. Yeah, I think it was Lionsgate. Yeah, yeah, it was. We were both living in San Diego and we were sitting at this beautiful park, my favorite park in San Diego and Encinitas. (sighs) It like has this beautiful overlook of the ocean and it's always so quiet and peaceful minus the train going by, but anyone who lives in San Diego (laughs) knows about the train, (laughs) train of truth. Um, yeah, but we were sitting there and, you know, in an intimate circle. And I really got to hear about your journey that you were on of stepping into the identity of, and, and really identifying as a healer and specifically from the realm of shamanic healing and some of the kind of maybe fear or resistance that was coming up at that time. And I know there's been so much that has happened since then, but I know that a lot of women, when they're being called forward as healers and as guides, there there can be a lot of imposter syndrome and a lot of fear that comes up. And so I'd love to start there and have you share about you know, what has called you forward or or what was that like to be, you know, initiated as a healer and what has your journey been into this realm of, of energy healing? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, for presencing this topic and for your eloquence around the, the language around it, because it is, you know, really important and sometimes sensitive for me to talk about. And I think for a lot of women to step into their healing gifts their spiritual gifts, their study um, so it's been a, it's been a journey for me to really share this part of me, for me to be more vocal about what my experiences are and what I'm feeling that I was initiated into. And so, yeah, to give a little context, you know, I get this question, not a lot, but a fair amount around, why did you choose shamanism? You know, why do you study this work? And to be really honest, I did not choose shamanism. <laughs> um, in in every way possible, shamanism chose me. And it even makes me really emotional thinking about that because years ago, I was a top performing business coach. And I was hitting the milestones that everybody wants to, you know, the multiple five figure months, the award, whatever it is, you know, we don't need to get into all that, the the accolades, right? Like the sold out coaching, the wait lists, all of that. I, I had all that. And I started going through this awakening where everything in my life felt like it was falling apart. 
And it wasn't like clients were unhappy. It wasn't like things were falling apart from a sense of um, there was dissatisfaction. It was just like, I started realizing that I was not on the right path. I started seeing the subtleties of the ways in which I was showing up that weren't fully authentic. I started craving like time with the earth. I started desiring more expression. And I was like waking, it felt like I went through a three to six month medicine ceremony that I did not ask for. And it was hard. I was, I was questioning my entire reality. I was questioning who I was, what I was here to do. And, you know, just to backtrack a little bit, I had been hearing spirits since I was a child and I had experiencing energy since I was young, but I thought it was anxiety. So my whole life, I grew up with a mental health diagnosis that I was anxious. So this created this self-fulfilling prophecy. And I had done such a good job of naturally healing myself with herbs, with supplements, um, with, with support, with counseling, et cetera. So when all of this time started, all of these things started happening again, I started feeling incredibly anxious. Colors were getting brighter. Energy was getting more intense. I was, when I'd be around people, everything felt overwhelming. And I was just like, I didn't know what was happening. And all I kept hearing from spirit was just like, things need to change. And the only, the only thing that I was told was that I had to take time off. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know why I didn't know what was going to happen. And so I was led to take time off. So I term, I ended my contracts with my clients as they were wrapping up. I just didn't renew them. I stopped all my programs and I went into five months of not working and being initiated into the shamanic path. And it was scary. I had really dissolved and lost my entire identity. I had absolutely no income coming in because I was told not to work. And don't get me wrong, I was I was led kicking and screaming. I was like, what is happening? I thought I was going into depress depressive episode. I thought I was losing my mind, but I could hear a very distinct, clear voice saying, everything's gonna be okay, trust me, take this time off, like whatever. And I was working with mentors at the time who were getting the same guidance. And all they kept telling me was, we're not supposed to tell you what's going to happen. You just have to trust. It was part of the initiation to really let go of everything. So I moved out of my penthouse apartment. I let go of all of my material belongings, sold so many things. And during that five months, I was initiated through spirit before I actually started studying shamanism. And I had, yeah, I lost my identity and everything. And it was... In those moments when I realized how much I sourced my power from what I had, from the money, from the identity, from this kind of just persona that I had online that actually wasn't who I was meant to be. And during these five months, I really got more in touch with myself, with my cycle, my menstrual cycle, with the elements, with my guides, with God, because I had nothing else to grasp onto. I couldn't, you know, lose myself in work. I couldn't lose myself in relationship. I didn't really have a relationship at the time and I had to lean on creator. So it was during that time that I really found how much God, my ancestors and guides really wanted me to step into this. And, you know, I tell people this all the time. If, if people would have told me five years ago that I would be actively talking to spirits and to people who have crossed over and to plants and animals, 
I would have thought you were crazy. You know, like there's a lot of sexier things I wanted to do in the world. I thought I wanted to be like a feminine embodiment tantric teacher teacher. That was not my path. Spirit led me very clearly to this. And after those five months, you know, I went through this awakening process. I was like, I'm ready for a teacher. That is when one of my teachers, Rose Cole, showed up into my life. And I've been working with her and studying with her and also working with plant medicines and working with different indigenous tribes throughout these last couple of years. But, you know, during this time, I really had to let go of everything. And they say that's the path of the shaman. And while I don't pretend to be a shaman, I think that's a very high stature, you know, title to hold. I use these ancient wisdom and these tools and technologies that I've been given and I've been initiated into to help people heal. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a really difficult path, not one that I chose, but one that I am immensely, immensely, immensely grateful for, have absolute reverence for. And even though I had went through all of this and I was initiated and I knew what I was doing in many ways by working with people in these technologies, then came the time when I had to actually tell people, right? So I was doing it behind the scenes with clients after I started getting back to work, but then coming out publicly, my throat felt like it was closing up. I was having visions and nightmares of burning bodies. And I just couldn't fathom coming forward because I had fear people are going to judge me. They're going to think that I'm culturally appropriating. They're going to think that who am I to, to study this as a white woman? So it took me about a year and a half to actually fully come out and own. And there's still parts of me that want to be in what we call in right way with shamanism. They, the, the, the paths that I study call a Jonashgli means to, to be in right way, to be in right relationship. So there's still, I'm constantly checking myself and my integrity Am I in right way with teaching this? Is this something I actually embody? And when I communicate with spirit and I receive the yes, it's just, if I'm receiving that yes, I can't go wrong. So it's been a, it's been years in the making, but it feels um, like something I'm genuinely here to do. And it's not, the reason why I can step into it more courageously now is because I know that I didn't choose it, that I was kind of chosen for it. And so that's when I don't get into my mind because it was like, I'm not forcing this. I'm not trying to be anyone I'm not. I'm being led by God. I'm being led by my ancestors. And that's very clear to me. So it's been a beautiful and very, very, very challenging journey. And and every day walking this path is a choice. And it's not always easy, but I choose it daily. Mm, so powerful. I love hearing, yeah, the behind the scenes of these different phases of your journey and a lot of the fears and the mental health pieces that came up for you. And then, yeah, just really, even I love the piece where you're like, I'm ready for a guide. I'm ready for a mentor and finding your teacher. And that's one of the things that I also really admire about your path is, is your, your willingness to, to be a student and to really Mm -hmm. study this work on a, on a really deep level, you know, like, yes, you were initiated and also like your choice to go deep into understanding the technologies and the wisdom behind what you're, what you're teaching and how you're serving. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I think that's what makes really good leaders and really good teachers is they are always a student. So, you know, I could have maybe in some ways got initiated into this path and went out and taught, but it was very important to me to have a teacher for somebody to guide me and hold me accountable because there are realms in which as a medium in the shamanic path that I play in that I are new territory. So there are things that you cannot prepare for that somebody who has gone through it is the person who can show you the way, which is why I fundamentally believe in coaching and mentorship. 
um, I wouldn't be where I am without it. So thank you for presencing that. I think it's very important in the world that we're in to have have those guides, have accountability and have people to show us the way and to teach us on a very practical level, because that's how the shamans learned, right? Like I could be initiated through spirit, but you know, in over the last thousands of years, in order to learn from a shaman, you would have had to spend time with them in the jungle, in the forest and listen to their storytelling and, and see what they, you know, how they did things over, over lifetimes, you know? So for me, it's important to have that teacher to teach me those ways that, you know, I can't necessarily always get from spirit either. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I also love the piece of your story of like, it feels like you were in quite a masculine paradigm before and how, you know, taking that step back and not working and really surrendering, like needing to surrender in that experience allowed you to drop more into your feminine. And maybe it's not like the quote unquote sexy way to do it, but like, you know, being in your feminine, being connected to divine feminine wisdom isn't always sexy. It can be really right. messy. And it's also about, like you shared, like connecting with the earth. And that's a piece that I really want to talk about today is this connection between shamanism and the earth and, and nature. And I know that on my path, like I was called to move to Asheville, North Carolina from San Diego because I'm meant to be in nature more. And like, that's what my soul is craving as part of my own feminine journey. And like, while I love San Diego and it's where I grew up and there's a lot of, you know, safety there. And, and obviously it's beautiful. Like I really feel such a deep resonance with the mountains and the trees and, and that's where spirit has led me to. And so, yeah, I'd love for you to kind of share a little bit about this, this wisdom, the shamanic wisdom of connecting with the earth and the importance of that for us as humanity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I want to actually give a little bit of context around what shamanism is, because maybe not everybody knows what it is either. So shamanism is actually one of the oldest forms of spirituality. Many people think about shamanism being just associated with Native Americans. And there's actually all different kinds of sh shamanism. You know, there's a connection between Tibetan shaman, uh, Tibetan uh, practices and traditions as well. Peruvian, Brazilian, Native American. I mean, there's all different kinds of shamanism. Shaman Shamanism basically means, like I said, it's hajona ashgli to walk in right way, to be in right relationship with yourself, with others, with God, creator, universe, whatever you believe and nature. And so as a shamanic practitioner and what shamans do is they essentially go into what is called the upper world. There's different levels of the world, right? There's the lower world, middle world that we're on and upper world. A shaman acts as a medium to play in these different worlds and these different realms. Something else that shamans do and shamanic practitioners do is they work with the elements and they connect with nature for wisdom. When I, when a client comes to work with me, some of the first things that we do is help them learn to hear the wisdom from the voiceless. And in a very noisy culture that we live in with social media, it can be really hard to hear spirit, to hear your intuition and to receive this wisdom that wants to come through, through your channel. And I agree with you, similar to you, I was led to Colorado. I loved California. I loved the weather. I loved the people and all of it. And similar to my path with being initiated into shamanism, I was given very clear guidance that my next level of being initiated was to be in nature and to learn from nature. So 
you know, nature has so much to teach us. I think that we can look at in our day and age right now, even what's happening in California, right? There's a lot of floods. There's a lot of snow. There's been a lot of natural disasters all over the world. And, you know, we could say it's, you know, it's um, just it's happening because of the time or climate change or whatever it is. And I'm sure there's a level of truth to that. But Mother Earth is is alive and she has a consciousness just as everything does. That's what we believe in shamanism, that everything has a consciousness. Everything is alive. And so I think the way that we have been in many ways very disconnected from our body and as you've mentioned, disconnected from our feminine I think it mirrors the way that we're disconnected from Mother Earth. You know, there's there's a lot of parallel here between the way that we treat our body and the way that we treat Mother Earth. And so my path to getting more connected to nature was also fundamentally getting more connected to my body. What is my body teaching me? What is my body showing me? But in order to hear that, I had to get and I chose to get into silence into nature so that i could actually feel the schumann resonance the frequency of mother earth so i could actually feel and talk to the spirit of the wind who is very strong today outside in boulder colorado you know these elements have a consciousness and you can work with them in very unique ways you know we call grandfather fire alchemizes shows us the way in the light you know warms our food you know, gives us gives us life. We go through death and rebirth. The wind can clear our energy. These things have consciousness, but we have to take time to be willing to speak to it. So in many ways, you know, some of the, the most simplest practices that you could do is go out in nature without an agenda. And as high achieving people, I know that many of us can be as entrepreneurs and leaders, we can want to go in nature and we can want to say, okay, show me, teach me. And we get so in our head looking for answers that we don't feel the subtle, gentle, nourishing, quiet wisdom that comes through, which is how mother nature speaks. She is very gentle. She is very loving. She wants to support us. You know, when it comes to plant medicine, ayahuasca, grandmother, she might not be in that way. But every plant, every tree, everything has a consciousness. And if we're willing to learn, it will show us. So one of the simplest practices, like I was saying, is go outside into nature without an agenda and just be. And if you want, you can call upon one of the the spirits of the elements. I love right now working with wind spirit. So I'll ask, I'll sit in a meditative form and I'll ask wind spirit, you know, even before you ask for anything, make connection, say hello, you know, don't just go in wanting information. This is a relationship, just like with our guides, with God, with anyone we want there, there's a desire for reciprocity and for us to, to be in right way, there's a desire for a relationship. So go talk to wind spirit, get acquainted before you go and ask for anything. And something that I've learned also in, in working with nature is there the, these laws of reciprocity we have taken from mother earth in many ways for a lot right we take our food our nutrients our water and everything from her and she loves to give to us she's very generous but that's also we does she wants us to give back to her so this is why a lot of women have actually started putting their blood from their menstrual cycle back into the earth those nutrients when you take something from the ocean which you should really ask to take anything from the ocean, you can give one of your hair follicles and offering back to her. So it's about this reciprocity with mother nature and not going into working with any of the elements or anything in nature with a desire to take, but with a desire to learn as a student and just really showing up in that way always. 
Mm, Thank you so much for sharing that. And I definitely see the ways in which as we step into this time of the feminine rising, how this is such a core component if we want both our sustainability for our own health and then also our sustainability for the planet, we have to change our relationship with the planet. And, you know, that starts with, like you said, looking at our relationship with our body, looking at our relationship with mother nature, looking at the ways in which we maybe take and where we don't share our appreciation or reverence for where all of our resources come from, like our food, our water, our shelter, like everything of the air that we breathe comes from the earth. And if we're not taking care of the earth and if we're not acknowledging her, then, you know, there is that, like you said, there's a, there's not an equal energy exchange. And I love this practice that you've offered about going out in nature and connecting with the elements and being, and it is challenging. There's so much resistance to that. It's so easy to get caught up in the technology world, being on our screens, being connected to people and like really being there and sitting with the elements is something that takes practice and devotion really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And another, another piece that, you know, in, in my daily practice and something that also takes devotion and, and intention is before we eat anything, like really blessing our food and yeah. being present and bringing gratitude for what it takes to like put this food on our plate and for us to have this nourishment, like it's pretty phenomenal when we really stop and think about it. Yeah, it's incredible. And I think I do that as well. And once I started, like prayer is one of my most sacred tools and offering gratitude. And what people also don't realize too, is your food is is also living. And so when it's on your plate, you can actually, if you pray over it and thank it, you can actually activate the food in its fullest potential and ask to digest it well, ask to assimilate the energy, ask to dispel what is not in your highest good. Sometimes I'll eat something. I'm like, okay, I know this is not going to work well with me, but I speak to the food. I speak to my body. I ask them to work in union together. So it is offering gratitude in every single moment and just taking a second to just realize what it took to caught to catch that, you know, that Alaskan salmon, you know, every, if you, I went, I I did it. I had hosted a retreat in the Maldives and right before the Maldives, we were in Thailand and they were doing rice picking. And I didn't realize how every grain of rice is picked like every grain of rice is so, and we just have bags of it at our home. We sort of waste it sometimes. It's like every single ounce of food is sourced by this beautiful mother earth and is labored by these really, these important people who bring this food to us. So it is offering that gratitude and being devoted to just being the living prayer, being the living prayer and showing up every day with that reverence, with that respect for every breath, every moment, every encounter. Like I really appreciated right before I, our conversation, you brought us into this present moment. You really connected us to our hearts and what we were here to do, the people who were going to listen to that, that kind of connection and reverence for love for life is what makes our human experience that much more magnificent and magical and miraculous for sure. Mm. Yeah. I really see that we're being called back into ritual and ceremony, which are these really ancient ways of living that were how we, you know, how we, if you look at any ancient tribe or any ancient community, there was so much 
ceremony and ritual and community. And these are really, you know, we lost these when we entered into the Piscean age, when we're really in this like patriarchal paradigm that we've been living in. And so I feel like this is such a deep remembrance and coming back to these ancient ways of living of ritual and ceremony. And so, yeah, I'd love for you to speak into anything around like your, your life, maybe it's like weekly or daily or ways that you're bringing in more ceremony and ritual. Yeah. Thank you for that. That is a beautiful sentiment and something that is absolutely so true. Having more and more conversations with people in Boulder were how we're just like these tribal and community ways of being are coming back. A lot of people are wanting to live more harmoniously together, raise their children together. So I think that there's so many things that we have to learn still about how we can come together and ceremony and ritual is a very important aspect of what I do daily. I think that life is the ultimate ceremony actually, which is so interesting because <laughs> in many ways people go outside to plant medicine ceremonies or sisterhood ceremonies. And that's beautiful. I do that too but it is life is the ultimate ceremony and we not some of us aren't even aware of that sometimes i mean don't get me wrong i get amnesia daily and i forget sometimes what i'm doing and you know my own ways so yeah i think i'm really i um hold on loosely with ritual so that means like it's always in my hand and at my pocket but i'm not i try not to be super rigid with it because it kind of robs the magic so there is a part of me that is very regimented and very routine. And in the past, I would do a ritual every single day, have certain, like a certain card deck I would pull, a certain bullet points I would journal on, you know, three, it would sometimes take me like three hours in the morning just to have my morning practice. And some days that's great and I love it. And other times it's just not realistic with what I'm doing and how much I'm traveling and speaking. So I would say my, my thing that I'm devoted to is always creating space for ritual in every single moment. So you know, as much as possible. So sometimes I could be driving and I will not listen to music. That's been my favorite thing right now is to create a ritual while driving, especially because you can tap into theta state, which makes it so much easier to listen and hear divine wisdom. So I'm not listening to music. I'm just driving and I'm praying and I'm thinking and I'm just being with spirit. Other times it looks like ritual in the shower where I'm just I'm talking to the spirit, the water, the, the consciousness, the spirit of water, and I'm asking it because shamanism is all about intention as well, right? You bring attention to anything. It can be a ceremony. It can be a ritual. It can be a practice. I'm asking the water to cleanse me. I'm imagining that all of the client's energy, whoever I connected with that day, I'm cleansing and clearing all of it. So I, I really create rituals every single day in that way. But I would say at least once a week, I do maybe a one to two hour ceremony typically on Sunday, it feels really good for me on that day. It's kind of like a holy day for me to disconnect from technology, to make food for the week and really focus on the nourishment that I want to bring in, to pull some cards, to ask for, for guidance on things that I've been curious about. Because many times people are like, well, what decision do I make or what do I do? But they're not creating space to actually hear the answers. And they're oftentimes around us so much. Like if we knew how many guides and ancestors and loved ones were wanting to give us information, we would be blown away. So I create space, I create time, you know, similar to how I was talking a little bit ago is we 
we want to create time for the relationships that are meaningful for us. And if we want to come into right way with ourselves, with God and receive these answers, we have to create time for it, right? That's the, that is the devotion that I show up for that every week. So that I usually don't miss on Sunday in the evening. I'm lighting candles. I have a beautiful altar that I put flowers at all the time. I maybe work with some hape, which is a sacred tobacco. Um, you know, I have feathers. I have all of my things. I have all of the tools there. So I just put my phone away and I, it, it kind of depends. I just ask spirit where we want to go. I'm not rigid with this is what it looks like. But to me, that sacred and holy time that I have every single Sunday is the thing that gets me through. If I didn't have the, that time on Sunday, my weeks go very different. And every day I do also create a little bit of time in the morning for meditation, things like that. But that Sunday is my anchor. That That is the thing that really carries me through. So I think what is the most beautiful thing is that we can create ritual and ceremony anywhere we go and it can look any way. And I know for many of us, we want it to, what's the exact ceremony or ritual that's going to you know, help us with the thing, but it gets to be fun and it gets to be flowy and easy. And as long as you're showing up to it with integrity, with intention and desire to be a student and learn, I mean, you can't really go wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can totally relate to you on that where like my morning rituals and my morning, well, it was more of a routine than rituals at that point where it was like, you know, got to do all the things and it was kind of monotonous at some point and it kind of lost that magic. And so, yeah, I love for me, like having an intuitive morning practice, there's a lot of tools and a lot of options, ways to connect with myself, with my body right now, something that I've been, been really called into deeper into is my embodiment practice and using dance as prayer. And I had a a ceremony last weekend with some friends. And in that ceremony, I was like dancing and being like, okay, what does it feel like to connect with my vision and what I'm calling in, but like through my body and really feeling that and dancing with that and moving with that. And then also, you know, using, using movement and dance as a way to clear energy and move stuck emotions and to really open the channel for creativity and clarity to come through. And so, you know, for me, dance has always been a way, even when I was younger, I was a dancer and my, my journey with dance has really evolved over time. But yeah, I think right now what's resonating and it will shift. It always shifts. You know, meditation is, is my like foundation, my rock. It it is, has really transformed my life, but bringing movement as medicine and nature medicine, like getting outside as much as possible, connecting with, you know, the spring right now, connecting with seasons. I'm like, wow, it just keeps, keeps getting better. Like living here in Asheville and like having seasons, I was driving the other day and I was like looking at all the buds and looking at the sunshine. And I was just like, my heart feels so expanded. Like it's spring and even to, to have gratitude and celebration for that and be so connected to seasons is, is newer in, in my world for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you touched on that. And I totally agree. Meditation used to be my, is, is really foundational for me, but it is when you think about your own season, similar to that of the seasons of, you know, just what happened on this plane of existence, there are times when you're going to want to sit down and listen. There are times where you're just going to want to move and flow and really listening and trusting whatever season you're in is paramount. So I absolutely agree with that. Non-linear movement just feels so freaking good to like be wild and primal and free and like crawl on the ground and 
like make noises and just let it move through you. There is, there's undeniable potency in that. And they, in shamanism, we say that there's three main ways to move energy and it's chanting, dancing, and storytelling. That's, you know, usually Ooh, how they move it. So yeah, chanting, dancing, and storytelling are the three main ways that shamans focus on, on moving energy and shamanic shaking in many ways has been really powerful for me. So I'm really celebrating you in that practice of movement. And I, I really taking mental note for myself. I loved when you were like, how does my vision feel in my body and how does it want to move? That is a phenomenal practice. I'm looking forward to to doing that later tonight. <laughs> mm, yes. Happy to share. I'm receiving lots of codes from you too, sister. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So to wrap up here, I would love for you to share, like, what does your work in the world look like today? Because you have this like very spiritual, energetic healing element. And then you've also got such a presence in speaking and as a leader and like in all these different spaces, like you're, you're, you've completely shifted the direction of your career. And so, yeah, share with us, like what happens in your world and, and what, what does your work look like? (laughs) Okay. So so we'll, we'll reverse engineer it a little bit because they all work together in some sort of synergy ecosystem in a way, like they just really support each other. But there are many times where I look at my life and I'm like, there's so many different things that I'm doing. Um, and sometimes, you know, in this chapter of my life, I just turned 33 a couple of weeks ago or last week, actually. And it feels like I'm getting really clear on really only focusing on doing the things that I love. So this year is really about devotion to love of what is meaningful for me. Um, So the work that I do in the world is supporting leaders, public figures, executives, entrepreneurs in really connecting to these ancient wisdom and tools to help them become better leaders, more conscious, more effective. And so they can lead the world into greater prosperity. I don't like to think of the world in a hierarchical way, but sometimes that's just how it's structured right now as we're moving more to this dominion model where we're really supporting and all walking each other home, which I believe we naturally are anyway and systems of hierarchy are crumbling in some ways right so we're kind of seeing that but in order for us to really shift humanity i believe that the the people who are kind of quote unquote at the top are the people who are modeling certain behaviors and trends and people who are looking for a leader or somebody to model after somebody who they believe is successful are kind of creating what is acceptable the ways that we we create success in our life and in many ways these leaders based on an old paradigm have sacrificed some part of themselves in shamanism the the work that we do is called soul retrieval so we bring back a part of them that they've sacrificed in order to get to where they want to go i know that i've i've also experienced this i sacrificed my my younger part my inner child the play you know, my feminine, my health, I went through many uh, physical issues when I was getting to the peak of my career of what I wanted. And so these leaders are often moving from trauma and not moving from a whole embodied sense of self as they are showing the way for these other people. So I think it's really important for people to be working with them as well as everybody else so that we can actually shift this paradigm. And so all of the work that I do is is primarily related to helping leaders, entrepreneurs, public figures really 
really lead the world into greater prosperity. So I do have one on one private work that I only take a couple people per year for that. I have two day immersions with people that I get together with them in person and utilize some of these sacred tools in a very honed in sacred ceremony. Um, I also do a lot of speaking engagements in person and online. I work with the Los Angeles Tribune a significant amount as they're really shifting the narrative and the paradigm around media, around press, around what is actually newsworthy and making sure that um, making sure that information that the public needs, needs to know is out there. They are actually one of the only news organizations left that has not been infiltrated by some uh, pol political bipartisan sort of infiltration. So they're like very independent in their thinking. And I really want to support that. So I also have a podcast called Transcendent Leadership that is relaunching in two weeks, which I'm excited about. Um, yeah, so I do healing work. I do life and leadership advising, podcasting, speaking. And, you know, fundamentally, I'm just a human who wants to make a difference, just as we all do. I have I have something I want to say and something I want to share. And I want to support people and being activated into their power and their potential as well. So I think that, you know, I'm just being led to wherever I'm meant to go. And so all of these things, they, they work together in some, in some unusual way. And, and some, in some ways they, they may not, you know, right now I'm really the rest of this year, I'm, I'm focusing on speaking, but less on private work and focusing on my book, which I know that you're, you know, working on as well, which is exciting. And so mm -hmm. really getting my work out there in different ways and just using these different mediums and, and modes of communication as a way to touch as many lives as possible. And that's my vision is, you know, fundamentally, however it happens, I want to touch a million people's lives with this work. And that's, you know, to me, the, the thing that I'm anchoring into. Mm. Thank you so much <laughs> for showing up and for answering that call and for, listening to the guidance and living in devotion. And yeah, I feel so expanded by our conversation today and I'm yeah, really grateful for you and how you show up in the world. So thank you so much. I know you mentioned the name of your podcast, transcendent leaders. Yeah. Transcendent leadership. Yeah. Transcendent leadership. So we'll link that in the show notes and for our listeners who want to continue connecting with you and following you online, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram at Carissa Johnson. And as well, I do have a uh, ritual and leadership workbook. That's a freebie if you're open to linking that for people who oh, want to yeah. go deeper, utilizing these sacred tools and practices to help them activate their leadership potential. My team and I put together, it's like around a 20 page workbook of practices and, and ceremonial things that they can do to do that. So we'll share that with you as well. Amazing. We're definitely going to link that and I'm going to download it too. So thank you for that gift. <laughs> You're so welcome. Oh, thanks love. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blessing. Thanks again for tuning in today. If you found value from this conversation, I invite you to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram. You can tag me at Amy Natalie Co. I always love hearing from you. Send me a message. Let me know your takeaways. Also, I have a beautiful free gift for you. If you have not already downloaded the Empowered Feminine Morning Ritual, it is a 20-minute audio guide for you to listen to in the morning to start your day feeling 
empowered and embodied. You can find the link for that recording in the show notes. And lastly, if you are a regular listener here and you enjoy this podcast, I invite you to leave a rating and a review. This is the best way to support this podcast in reaching more women around the world. To leave a rating and a review, you can scroll down on the podcast app on Apple Podcasts or on iTunes and leave a quick review to share what you love most about this podcast and how it has impacted your life. Thanks again for being here and we'll see you next Monday for another episode of The Feminine Frequency.